conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media, and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash Girls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash Girls. Sign up today. Okay, on the count of three, we're going to clap. Three, two, one, clap. My bed is my workspace, and I love pillow talk. When life gives you quarantine, stay at home. Oh my fucking God. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode 151, but it's actually technically 151 to at least 154. It's your pal, Auntie Sarah, and I am so glad to be joined by none other than OG of the AG, Damian Bellino, your writer, uncle, producer. Zio every- Damian has entered the building. Come see ZZ. Writer, producer, senior whatever at VH1, host of the amazing podcast you might know her from, and you might know him from co-creating Andy's Girls with me, your pal. Here we are. Here, Here we, we are. are. All those years later, who knew, <laughs> who knew we would be recording remotely. We are basically in the same neighborhood, except separated by Central Park, recording currently. I'm staring at you via computer. Neither of us understand technology, um, so it's going very well. Super well. So, just so the listeners know, it's Monday early eve. We actually recorded episode 151 last night, and Mm -hmm. then even though we are technical whizzes, something crazy happened to the audio. So we are we recorded a full 90 minute episode of Annie's Girls. ZZ messed something up over here. But honestly, I was so thrilled with the mess up because any chance to talk to Damien, I will gladly take. And the weirdness is 
that so this whole Corona Michigas has forced me to do satellite recordings, which people have actually been asking for for a while with like specific guests and housewives and stuff. And I've always been kind of a little bit of a shit, which is very surprising and have said, no, I like to record in person. Like I, I like to record with people on my couch, shooting the shit, talking to you person to person. Totally. Then, you know, we have this like deadly global pandemic and I'm like, okay, so how does that affect me? So I guess I have to figure out technology. So we're doing this great thing where we're recording on our own equipment. You're using yours. I'm using mine. And we get to look at each other through Zoom. And we've just poured ourselves a healthy glass of what are you drinking? You have uh, ice in yours. Yeah, because it wasn't cold, but we had to get to the recorder. <laughs> what are What kind of wine are you drinking? I forget. It's Argentinian. So my issue is the of many is the last time the last couple times I've been taking these trips like going to Paris going to Barcelona I come back with wine because I think what better gift than to get trashed on a random night in New York but I did it so I put them all in my bar cart so I've had wine in my bar cart from like a couple trips to Paris Spain whatever and they've just been sitting there because I've been hoarding them and then a friend came over late into the summer and was like Sarah, what is this wine doing on your bar cart? I had forgotten that thanks to a lack of air conditioning in my living room, I essentially cooked all of that wine. Oh, but my God. I know. And so now we're in a global pandemic, and I'm like, fuck it. So I opened a bottle yesterday and tried it, and I didn't. It, like, tasted crazy. So I opened up a different bottle. Thank God my wines from Spain are like still really good. And because I think I put those in the fridge right away. So I had a great wine and got a little sloshed. And then today I opened up another bottle and it's not great, but it's like it'll do. Like it tastes like apple juice. Like if if I cook a wine, does that mean the alcohol goes away? Do we have any wine people in the audience at home? That'll do. That'll do pig. What's that from? Babe. No, it's from like Animal Farm, right? No, (laughs) it's from Babe, you motherfucker. It's not from Babe. Is it from Charlotte's Web? No, you piece of shit. It's from Babe. It's what James, what's his face, who keeps getting arrested for caring about the environment, Cromwell or whatever, says to Babe. He's like, that'll do. Did you just call me a pig? You're a pig slut. I think it's from, um, thank you. I think it's from. I think it's from the West Wing. That's what my, (laughs) that's what my grinder profile is. It says pig slut and co-creator of Andy's Girls. I deleted Grinder because I feel insane during this time, and I cannot have people trying to tempt me to meet them because they think that we're going to be fine. It's insane. Gay people are insane. Okay, so here's my issue with dating, and I've been talking about this with some friends, like dating in the time of corona. I actually don't think it's a bad idea and think it could actually be kind of romantic to swipe right and have like a video first date. I actually think. Oh, I had a video first date last week. A hundred percent. Oh, and how did it go? It went great. I'm seeing him tonight on FaceTime. Wait, so what's the problem? I'm talk- I had to delete like grinder and things that are like for immediate oh, connection because okay, people right. are like, oh, you're close. Do you just want to like meet up tonight? And I'm like, no. <laughs> yes. But no. Wait. So the people on grinder, do you think they're just like sexting now since they can't actually meet up? Hopefully. Well, I think that there's probably people that are also meeting up. Meeting up. Yeah. 
That's a downer. I mean, guys, let me know if you're dating right now. I am not because I realize that I'm I'm a I have like a 95% cancellation rate. And I realize that I'm not gonna get a, be able to get away with canceling on hinge if everybody knows that like none of us have anywhere to be. Like that's the problem that I face is I can't be like, oh my God, work emergency. Because no, it's like I'm literally in PJs doing absolutely nothing. And tomorrow my schedule is also clear. So I don't know how people deal with being inconsiderate in the age of like uh being forced to stay home am I the only asshole out there I don't know how to cancel I would have to be consistent that feels like a lot of effort I mean I had a friend just cancel on me for plans tonight and I laughed it made me laugh so hard also it's like my like most reliable friend so the fact that she canceled really made me chuckle is this she somebody was like, I know ex- she was like I'll like no she was like I'll explain later but yeah I think um, she, yeah, I, I don't want to put her business out there on Front Street, but. Oh, my God. <laughs> Front Street. Yeah, I need to kind of figure that out. I do have to say, so this is my, I guess everybody and their mother knew about Zoom. I had no idea that Zoom existed until this whole Michigas happened. But it's interesting. Like, I had a meetup on House Party, the first time I'd used that the other night with a bunch of fellow Bravo-holics. Shout out to all of you. And it was great. Like, we all literally were getting trash, yelling at each other about Potomac. And it was, like, fucking wonderful. Bringing people together, Corona. Is, is Mishigas a Hebrew word or a Yiddish word? Yeah, it's Yiddish. How many housewives have been Jewish besides Jill Zarin? Who else is Jewish? Well, Jill Zarin is enough of a Jew for at least six to seven housewives. So you need to get that right out of the way. Um, Jules is Jewish, as she told you repeatedly. Heather Thompson is middling. I could see her being Jewish. I could see her just appreciating our heritage and culture. Holla. Holla Uh, with a CH. Um, Bethany is Jewish, right? Bethany says she's Jewish. I don't believe that she's a practicing Jew, but I I think she's it's like Heather Dubrow. I just assume was super Jewish. And then I found out she celebrates all holidays. And oh. I, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, she she calls That's so herself, Heather Dubrow. <laughs> it's so Heather Dubrow. She calls herself a Buddha Jew. So I don't know what to do with a Buddha Jew. Who else and who else in Jersey? So I can only think of Sigalit. Atlanta. I don't know of any Jews. Beverly Hills. Uh. Beverly Hills, uh, nobody. Someone must be Jewish, no? Oh, Kyle. Kyle's kids are, I think, being raised in the Jewish faith. Yeah, yeah, because they all had bat mitzvahs. So they're Jewish because Mauricio is Mexican and Jewish. And I want to say that Kyle converted for him, but that could be a thousand percent wrong. I want to say that. I'm saying it. Look at me. I don't know if that's factually correct. Great. And Potomac, Potomac, nobody's Jewish. And Orange County, nobody's Jewish. Which, I mean, listen, get another Hebrew in there. I'm Come surprised on. that there, it just doesn't seem like there's that many Jews, though, in the canon. It's surprising that there's not a current Jew on New York. New York. I, Leah, is Leah Jewish? I have no, no idea. Well, I mean, listen, I feel like we should talk about New York in the sense that the taglines just became released to the public and they are horrific. Did you see my tweet? 
No, what's your tweet? I just saw, I tweeted, like, I saw, like, I think, um, do you know, you know Evan Ross Katz? He's been on your show. Of course. He, he tweeted, like, tens across the board for these taglines. And I was like, they are so bad. Maybe <laughs> all of them together add up to a single 10. But I yeah, think Son- that they're. Sonia's giving, like, a five or a six by herself. And then I guess everybody else is giving a negative one. Like, Yeah, I was going to say they're in the negative. So let's review them. Dorinda Medley, I'm not always right, but I'm never wrong. Bad. Not good. Uh, Ramona Singer, I don't need to find love. I love myself. Not terrible, but not good. Agree. Sonia Tremont Morgan of the Upstate uh, Tremonts. I'm no one's accessory. I'm the whole lifestyle brand. Stupid, funny, knowing, except she doesn't know, but not amazing. I don't actually understand what she's saying. I'm no one's accessory, period. I'm the whole lifestyle. I feel like those two things, I get I get what she's doing. Like, you I think understand. that it should be like, I'm the full ensemble instead of like, I'm not an accessory, I'm the full ensemble. I just don't think, I think it's really clunky. I'm no one's accessory, I'm the whole lifestyle brand. I'm uh, nobody's bracelet, I'm somebody's fabletics. <laughs> oh my god Luanda Lesseps raise the curtain I just want to kill myself saying this raise the <laughs> curtains lower the lights I'm taking center stage in my life my god you guys I have no idea what she's referencing I first of all imagine. it's so fucking long second there's no <laughs> rhyme in there so it's just like seven lines that are not there's no musicality to them it's terrible. So I think what production said was, if you say the word cabaret, you're losing a third of your salary. And so she was trying to figure out how to say cabaret seven to 15 times without actually using the word cabaret. Raise the curtains, lower the lights. I'm taking centers. Like, you don't need all three. Okay, there's three points she's making, three actions. One, raise the curtains. Two, lower the lights. Three, I'm taking center stage in my life. You can have two of those. You do not need all three. Lower the lights. I'm taking, well, maybe that doesn't make sense, but yada, yada, something else. You don't need all three. And also, the name of her new show is Mary Fuck Kill. So, like, couldn't we do something with that? I don't know. It's so much. She should have just used the word cabaret. We know what the fuck she's she should have been about. like, welcome. <laughs> Bienvenue. <laughs> Welcome. P.S. How do we think that Luann is handling this? And I don't mean sobriety, which she's no longer practicing. But as far as like her career stuff, uh, she's got to be not doing, not handling this. I mean, I think everybody is probably feeling insane about, like, what it means for their careers. But I think that Luann, sort of similar to what I am dealing with, where, like, not a salaried... I mean, I don't have the Count's money, rest in peace, but since she, you know, got remarried, so she lost all that alimony, I... Am you know an event producer, so I don't have any protections. I'm a freelance contractor, so if special events aren't going to exist for a long time, I am full on completely fucked. And with Luann, she's done this whole thing where it's like touring for live audiences. So I don't know what the fuck she's gonna do in real time. I guess her her backup plan is being a TV star. I mean, like at least she has that to fall back on. Maybe she'll be a better housewife as a result because of Mm. all of this pent-up frustration about not touring. Is that too much? Am I giving her too much credit? I think you're giving her too much credit, and I think, like, everyone is going to feel pent-up insanity about their careers because you can't leave your house. But Mm -hmm. I think that it's not going to make her a better housewife because 
filming for what they filmed is going to be done. And therefore, anything that happens once filming resumes, she's going to be a terrible person again. (laughs) God, I hope. I mean, now that I'm thinking about this, the fact that all of these women are hopefully quarantined with the exception of some of our former housewives who have made a delightful comedy routine out of saying that this is all a fallacy and let's go look victoria and like oh, ah, right. quarantine is so funny let me look at all these fancy cars i'm out i'm hugging my friends i'm low on toilet paper everybody dance where it's like you're a piece of shit i want you to die oh i should not actually say that now that we're dealing with a global pandemic i want you to learn your lesson while staying healthy but just repenting um I'm curious how some of these women who are like at home, stuck at home, maybe they just finished recording a season. Maybe they're dealing with like being freaked out if you're a New York housewife or maybe Potomac with like, how am I going to go? How am I going to handle doing press for the show when I'm not able to leave my house? And also maybe some residual anger they have with cast members from stuff that hasn't aired or just shit that's swimming in their heads because they have nothing else to distract them may in fact lead to more interesting seasons when we're up and running. Is that the wine talking? Maybe that that might be the wine. Well, it's just interesting. I think that um, we talked about this a little bit last time we talked, which was yesterday when we messed up the recording. (laughs) But, like, I think that Atlanta is giving us a lot of off-camera content as far as, like, drama between Nene and Candy and beef between, like, Portia versus Kenya and Candy. Have you ever been reading about that stuff also? Um, Tell me everything. That that apparently Kenya and Candy. Candy are saying they have receipts about a conversation oh, they yes, had yes, yes, yes. With, with Portia, Portia. about Yeah, icing. they said it on the after show. Yeah, that she didn't want to break up with, that she didn't ever, she was the one taking the lead saying, like, you guys can never, ever um, become friends with Nini again. Is that what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's a lot of stuff happening in the after show and on social media about the women and, like, interviews that they've done in the press in the last, like, three weeks that I don't know what that's going to look like if and when we ever get a reunion. I mean, my assumption, I think we, my assumption is that maybe that they will film a reunion in, like, August and then the new season will start, like, a month later or something. Like, they'll wrap up what they can and then they'll let the rest of it bleed into the new season. Can I ask you something? So you work in production at VH1. You work on specific shows. You've been on set for on, reunions. On digit, on a, in a digital component, though. Okay. But that might actually be even more helpful. So here's my question. So, like, we've seen, obviously, Andy is was planning on shooting watch what happens on his phone I believe and then very very unfortunately as we've learned he tested positive for corona so he's at home hopefully healing getting better and we're sending all of our love to him but a lot of these talk shows including what watch what happens was planning on doing you know the tonight show with Jimmy Fallon Conan they've all said that they're planning on using their like phones and skyping to produce you know, like the next round of shows so they can get content up. Why is it that they are not able to use a real camera? Like, why is there not a happy medium between Skyping and like having a fully produced show 
that can be sent to their homes. And the reason I say that is because when we get ready for hopefully doing an Atlanta reunion or any reunion, likely it's going to be super, super scaled down depending on how many people can actually be in the motherfucking room at a time. And I'm wondering if there's a middle ground. So it might not look as glossy as reunions have looked in the past, but it's not going to look like iPhone footage. It's a two-parter. One, do you know why it is that they're using iPhones and not some sort of happy medium that's mailed to them? And two, how do you think the look of reunions will change once we're hopefully allowed to be in public without murdering and inadvertently murdering someone well I think the thing that the first part of your question I think that the reason that people are inclined to like use things like zoom and skype and that's why they are using their phones because the camera iphone camera is a strong and good camera and you're able to like basically stream things where you can have producers like on line but not necessarily like seeing them so I think that that's probably why places are doing things like that for now because opposed to like using a real camera but then it's just Jimmy Fallon pushing a button and recording like on a camcorder sort of situation so what do you think I mean do you think that when it comes time for housewives to be out in the wild that they will even be allowed to I mean do you think the reunion will look like it you still look like well there how how are they going to scale this down I'm guessing that it's going to be like a super 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 skeleton crew like none of these women maybe will even be able to have their own glam there like maybe they're gonna have to slice off half the production and have fewer cameras I think it depends on how long they prolong it like it wouldn't surprise me if they just didn't have a reunion for Atlanta until like the fall because I think they're just going to try to have to re-strategize the way because I don't know that they're going to want to do some sort of like Zoom meeting with all of the ladies. Right. So rather than doing that, I feel like the alternative is just to wait until we have a better handle on like what things look like and not to be irresponsible with that, but also not yeah. to compromise like what a show looks like on television. I mean, and that's something that Andy said on social in the past week, which was, you know, people have been asking him, like, can't you do it with iPhones? Can't you do a reunion online? And he was like, no, it just wouldn't work like a reunion cycle. He doesn't think would work if it was, you know, doing it like through house party or or somewhere else, like a more high tech version. And he is not wrong in that sense. I do think that if you have a reunion versus watch what happens where you can be a little kookier and if something goes wrong, it's fine. But the energy and the tension of being there in person for a reunion, I think is incredibly, incredibly important. And if the reunion happens in several months, listen, as we've said, these women might be stewing on shit. They're certainly coming up with stuff to be um, angry and shady and mess with each other. They definitely have the time for it. So maybe a reunion that's happening many months after the premiere, Lord knows, potentially a year after they finished filming, isn't the worst thing in that it will literally be reuniting with these people who they have not seen in the flesh for a very long time and rehashing stuff that has happened both on the show and online in the months since like that's not it it's not necessarily a bad thing I know that we're all freaked out about it not happening right now and obviously yada yada fine print we all want people to be safe and safe and healthy but for us from a content perspective if we can be patient 
and hope that they still are interested in doing a reunion, it might actually be a really strong reunion because of this delay. Do you think, I don't know. It is interesting. I mean, people have new beefs. I mean, Nini sort of criticized Candy and about Candy was boring and all of this stuff. What? So Nini criticized Candy and is coming at Candy. And it's something that you and I have talked about offline, trying to figure out when this went from them being shady with each other to like the enormous vitriol that they seem to be expressing, which to me feels strange. I think it actually got really, really hot when Nini said she didn't understand why Phaedra couldn't come back and that Candy was just doing this to be shady and should just welcome her back and get over it, completely ignoring or choosing to ignore or just wash over the fact that this wasn't a normal fight that happened. This was someone being accused of planning sexual assault and potentially losing their entire business empire because of someone else manipulating regardless of whether or not a producer was involved and I think Nini is trying to evade responsibility for saying that and is just doubling down on other shit and Candy's obviously responding in all these online videos that are like Oscar winning Emmy winning excellence and yeah and it's like it is strange I mean I think Candy is showing her power on the franchise in a way that she doesn't normally get to see we don't get to see because people sort of think she's boring or like you know a more um a quieter character but mm-hmm. I feel like in the way that Jill clearly wasn't going to come back on the show while Bethany was there, I feel like we're seeing that based on what Nini is saying, that Candy has let them know, producers know, that she will leave the show if they bring Phaedra back. A sort of her or me sort of thing. But like different from Bethany and Jill, Bethany didn't want Jill to come back and I'm sure use some wait behind the scenes to be like absolutely not or I will only film with her in this content context where we're crying at a funeral and I am having this like quasi full circle moment to satiate the audience without actually being responsible for developing a a relationship with her the candy stuff is different to me because I feel like it's actually legal like Phaedra queen legal eagle decided to make this an all or nothing proposition when she decided to either create or add fuel to this psychotic rumor that she wanted to talk about on camera and fed to Portia. And I think it's so different. And because Phaedra made that choice, I feel like she has to live with the consequences, which is she should, I truly don't think she should ever be back on housewives in any form because I think what she did was like, over what anyone else has done before. I think it crossed such a line and brings with it such legal consequences that how could you ever trust anything that she said? Like, I would just be, like, lawyered up. I wouldn't be able to film with her because I feel like she's such a liability. If I was Candy or even Portia or Eva or anybody else. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, what did you think Candy brought that up in last night's episode? She said because Kenya was refusing to engage with Nini. Right. And then obviously things exploded and and Kenya was like, we like I'll never get past it. And Candy was like, yes, you will. And you should because like bigger things have happened to all of us. Right. And Kenya was like, no, they haven't. 
And then Kenya is annoying me currently. I'm on (laughs) like I'm on team Nini only in the fact that like Kenya is Kenya is doing this thing this year where she's allowed to do everything to everybody else. But then she's not willing to be held accountable for any of her actions. And like I don't remember that being Kenya's thing. Like I feel like there's they all are shady to each other in the name of like comedy. But I feel like what Tanya did versus what Kenya did to retaliate, those things were not equal. And then also she did that thing to Marlo, which I thought was funny and petty and stupid and like not real. Like it was like a, it was not an okay thing to do, but it was funny and I didn't care. Except that three weeks later, she's so mad that Tanya brought a wig out and and now she's claiming that like it um, undermines her business. And then she retaliated with Tanya by bringing another woman and, and like, targeting Tanya's fiancé. And now she's saying she can't talk to Nini because Nini made comments about her baby. And, like, I'm not defending what Nini said by, like, shaming a woman, a pregnant woman's body. But, like, Nini wasn't fucking talking about her kid. And, like, Kenya is so good at doing this thing with, like, words where she's, like, you're coming for my business. And Tanya's like, you had a wig shipped to me. I opened the box and that's what it was. Like, that was your wig. I'm not coming for your business. I brought it to be shady and funny. Nini, like, totally was inappropriate and made the wrong comment and, like, shouldn't have said that or come for Kenya and her body. But Kenya is using, like, you came for my daughter. And I understand, like, when they rewound the tape and Nini says, like, you're pregnant with a buffalo. Like, I understand what Nini said and why it was wrong. But Kenya is using that to say, like, you said I'm pregnant with a buffalo, which is about my daughter. And it's like, okay. Nini is saying in the moment, I don't remember saying that. I am sorry. I was not. I was mad at you. I was not attacking your child, your unborn child. And Kenya is not hearing it. And like, that's she's a great housewife because of that, because she believes that she believes or she pretends like she believes her own insane logic, but it's Mm -hmm. really frustrating to watch someone say like, I'm sorry. I was mad. I was mad at you. And I was just like being mouthy. I should have never said anything like that, but I never meant to like insinuate anything about your child. I was talking about you and that was wrong, but it wasn't about your kid. And and Kenya's like, no, fuck that. No, Portia wasn't the same. She was talking about my kid. And it's like, it actually was the exact same thing. Nini had really disgusting behavior and fat shamed two women who either were pregnant or just had children. But what Kenya is like doing now is like rewriting the narrative the same way she did with Tanya, which is to say like, what you did was worse. And so I'm justified in either not engaging with an apology or not engaging with you and acting like what, uh, what you did was worse to me. Like, I can't, the Tanya stuff was so uncalled for. And, like, it was great television, but it was, like, so wild that a person acted like that was the same sort of thing. To attack someone's relationship on television, opposed to someone bringing a wig and being like, yeah, you have a natural hair business, but you also wear wigs sometimes. Which is like, okay, lots of people wear protective hairstyles and wear a wig. Okay, let's break this down. First off, Nini, I thought before last night's episode aired, I thought she was saying that Kenya like literally said that like Kenya was a water buffalo and same, scene. Same. So I did not believe I thought Kenya was uh understanding an insinuation that I had not heard verbally. Then I saw the clip and I was like, oh shit, like on this she's technically right. Like Kenya, I mean, Nini did say that stuff referencing are you having a water buffalo? I think what Nini meant was because you look insane. But what she literally was saying was referencing Kenya's then unborn child. So I understand that. 
Portia, I felt like, proved herself as this ongoing miracle on ice style MVP who comes in with very, very funny confessionals and quips and in the moment is able to show how a lot of these comparisons aren't being weighted out accordingly, like Kenya saying, Tanya, I understand the cookie lady was going too far, but I was annoyed about you pulling out that Canadian wig. And Portia's coming in to say to us, the audience who are reacting as we see the episode, and she's saying in the moment, you cannot compare those two. They were both technically shady and inappropriate, but bringing on a woman who may or may not be trying to fuck or has been propositioned to fuck by someone's fiance is not on the same line and having them participate in production filming is not on the same line as her talking shade about removing a wig and you could make the same comparison with what Kenya was doing with Cynthia where oh yeah yeah yeah. Kenya says it's not that bad and she's like well it's not like Cynthia's making the wine it's that Cynthia owns a wine shop we're trying to educate her I'm having fun but what people are saying about my wig and my hair directly hurts my business a lot more because I'm saying I'm an expert in this field. Cynthia's not saying she's an expert. She's a businesswoman, and that's very different. And uh, I, of course, as I think you do, disagree with that comparison because I think Kenya's disavowing responsibility for what felt like a secondhand awkward moment with her friend where the punchline seems to be on her friend not knowing enough about wine, but being a businesswoman who is selling wine. I don't think 52 Cent is saying to everybody, I know where all these grapes come from and watch me stomp them, oh joy. But I do think that questioning her intelligence when it comes to wine pairings is calling her business into question. And I think that Kenya is trying to disavow responsibility by holding other people to account, yet seems to be incredibly upset and frustrated when people are trying to do the same to her. Her walking back the Marlowe stuff, I found surprising. Like, I think that she cannot call into question Tanya's wig removal, which was a moment of 45 seconds, at least, that we saw on camera during a spa day where you're literally pulling something out of the box and not say that what she did with Marlo, which was an orchestrated (laughs) symphonic band participating uh, mega show of shows of shade is not 10 times worse. You know, I think we're both saying the same thing, which is ultimately, thank God Kenya's back. She's shady as fuck and is willing to do anything and the reason that frankly she's also so great to be back on the show is because she's so complicated and really truly does not seem able to take responsibility for her behavior like I don't think it's a show I think she does things because she knows that they will come off as a show on this TV show that she's on but when she says she can't take responsibility when she's having that meltdown where she's like losing her shit when Candy's running after her I don't think that's for show. I think she really, truly is not able to take responsibility for stuff. And honestly, not to add an additional layer to it, shout out to the wine that I'm drinking, but I, and this is, this might be going way too far. So please tell me to shut the fuck up. 
But I wonder if for Kenya, when someone is critiquing her, regardless of whether or not is deserved, she might flash back to the mom stuff and feeling like when her mom refused to take ownership of having a child and said she didn't exist and said she didn't matter, maybe getting that kind of pushback where someone says you're behaving badly is like triggering to her in some way or maybe it's just more recent because of all of this stuff that's going on with her and Mark Daly where she's getting so much criticism at home that she truly cannot withstand hearing a single ounce more regardless of whether or not it was warranted does any of that that, make sense no it did and I thought that was interesting I mean like I understood when she was walking off I don't think any of that was I don't think that was acting I think when she was like push right. candy and she was like I have real shit going on or like I have so much shit going on I believe that like she yeah like, I don't have time to like deal with this because my totally. relationship is crumbling and my family is in question totally. but you also have a job and you also agree to come on the girls trip and I think that there is a level of like you have to deal with this stuff because it's your job too um I also, I saw, I think it was in her, it was, it was either on Candy's after show or like, it was either the Bravo after show or Candy's Speak, Speak on, on it, it series where she was saying how, you know, like she was like, I love Kenya, but like Cynthia's company, like you can think whatever you want about her and her knowledge of wine, but she has a storefront and that's like right a, that's a real investment of money into a company so right. like kenya's company is an online company and that doesn't mean it's less than but it also means that like cynthia made a significant investment in investment. her company 100%. and so for your like friend to like make a lot of jokes like well it's different because i sell natural I, I sell hair care company and i'm a ceo and cynthia isn't a, isn't a sommelier she's a wine like a store owner that sells wine like i think that kenya is going to be in the hot seat at the reunion whenever the fuck that happens because I think that she thought I don't know what she thought I, I think that I thought beginning this season that Nini was going to be in the hot seat and it was going to be like Nini's swan song and I feel like the middle of the season so far it's really pivoted where it's like yeah. not like I'm on team Nini but I feel like Nini has suddenly decided to engage in the show in interviews on mm-hmm. online and she's also mm-hmm. a presence on the show again And also, I feel like I see Nini offering, like, superficial olive branches and Kenya refusing them. And also Kenya's behavior with Marlo and Tanya is, like, not helping things move forward. So, I don't know. I'm I'm anxious to see how the series or the season ends. How many episodes away from the finale are we? They're I, no, they're I wrapping know, I, the. It's just be soon, right? Not that I'm wishing for it, but no, just I to say, it should be soon. But it, but Atlanta has a lot, so I'm not sure. The good news is that when Atlanta ends, it should Potomac. be the start of Totomic coming back. So we must have it. Well, I don't know though. I don't know what that any of that means because now that I think about it, normally there would still be like two or three reunions to come. So right, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means for anything. Like if they're going to try to push Potomac up, or if they're going to keep it where it normally was, so that they can buy themselves more time to hopefully get back into filming reunions. I have no idea. And I also, 
I don't think I'm wrong in saying this hashtag I'm still drinking wine, but I feel like in another interview, Andy said something about the fact that when they're editing these shows because they have to do it at home, it's taking so much longer for them to. Oh, no, it was color. It was like when they were color correcting the shows, it's taking so much longer for them to like finish like super super finished like put the bows on top of these episodes because all these people who are editing and doing whatever else have to do it from home or they don't have the same technology and I'm sure that's having an yeah I'm sure that's having an influence as well I mean with Kenya man god bless her she's really going through some shit IRL during production it just goes to show you the fire that's really been lit this season has, I think, been extraordinary, certainly compared to last. She is so, so important to this franchise. And even just having these conversations where we may not agree with her, I so appreciate her like fucking attendance record. You know, I really think that she has put up a lot more at risk than Linethea Leaks has certainly this season. And Kenya's also done some really shady stuff. And Kenya truly does not seem to understand what it means to take responsibility for those crazy um, acts of drama or whatever that she's done. And her confusion and complications as a person just make her such a great leader in this franchise, which towers over so many others. I mean, we should talk about the Beverly Hills trailer, which, spoiler alert, I cover in a Patreon episode where I watch the Beverly Hills trailer live and record my reaction to it in real time. So you guys can listen to that. Thank you. But, you know, we're having these conversations about Atlanta. I'm thinking about what Nini has said on social where she's like, nefarious sources have made me not able to have a spinoff. BCC, Candy coded everything. And, you know, Candy's put up this very, very well edited response to that on YouTube where she breaks down all of the reasons that A, she would have nothing to do with Nini not having a show, but B, P.S. Here are the reasons Nini doesn't have a spinoff show. A, she is not. She doesn't have enough of a storyline off of the show. B, she doesn't actually show all of her life. C, the cast of characters don't exist. And D, she's not directly pitching the network as Candy has done. And I really like look at these women on these shows. And, you know, I didn't understand why Nini was still there. I don't love these moments where Nini is talking shit to production. And I know that's really unfair for me to say because I'm not surrounded by these people 24-7. And obviously there's an intimacy and a comfort factor there where like sort of how you can talk shit to family because you know they're not going anywhere. Like I'm sure there's the same thing with production where you're surrounded by these people and they feel like an extension of a cast member themselves. And if she wants to go hide from filming something and pretending she has to pee, she's going to yell at them when they're like, get the fuck back out there um so while those moments kind of make me uncomfortable she is at least giving us something in this second half and I just assume that for the rest of the season I would be like what the fuck is Nini even doing and obviously there are some stuff that we don't know about as far as why she wasn't featured in the top part of the season but you know when I look at Nini versus Kenya it's like a fucking Jurassic World two huge uh incredible phenomenal um, powerhouses going up against each other. And I think that Kenya being on the show makes Nini such a better housewife than she would be 
and Nini's instincts are to not actually participate in stuff to do that passive aggressive you know if you say I don't have money I guess I'm just poor kind of stuff where she's not really engaging and she makes this these weird passive aggressive remarks her like signature phrase and she's not really able to do that with Kenya and I appreciate the two of them when they work opposite each other because I don't think that Kenya needs Nini to be great, but I think at this point in her journey, Nini does need Kenya. And so as long as Kenya's on the show, I don't feel as strongly as I used to that Nini needs to leave. Like, does that make any sense? I don't know yeah, if that absolutely. makes any sense. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's an, It is an interesting season. I will say that, like, I think it's interesting that Atlanta, of all of the franchises has such a arsenal of friends of that are so integral to the cast, specifically this season with Tanya and Marlo. And I was Amen. thinking um, on this trip, like, I was like, oh my gosh, Eva's not on the trip. And I was like, they really don't need her. Like, I like her fine. I think she's beautiful. I think she, I like her family life. And I think she is sometimes funny, but like, just like they don't really need her in the ensemble. Like Marlo adds a level of, Marlo and Tanya are both willing to do a lot of work because they're not main housewives yet. Yes. And so they're both willing to carry plot, push story, call, bring things up that other people might not be willing to bring up. But also Tanya is a totally different flavor on, than every other housewife on, on Atlanta. And I like them. Um, I just thought it was interesting. Like I, I was like, oh, I forgot Eva's not there. And I was like, I wonder if she will not come back next season. If they are like, if they get Nene and Kenya to both come back, they really don't need Eva. They really do not need Eva. Tanya adds a very specific personality type, this cheery Canadian woman who seems very gracious and well and like grounded in herself. And obviously in her interactions with Kenya, she could have said a lot of shit and she really took the higher road. And that's actually something that's really nice to see, especially amongst these women, many of whom have become very successful for doing the exact opposite. And then there's Marlo, who's really growing on me, who has this whole stuff with like her nephews. And she is this super fabulous, you know, fashionista. Where is the money coming from? Maybe we'll never know specifics, but they are two very unique women. And then I look at Eva and like her storyline is what? That like she has kids like Mazel. I don't know what else to say to that. There's I'm not getting a sense of her personality. And maybe if I did before, it was just when she was going against people. But you know, she's an investment that they made that didn't pay dividends. And it's that's okay. Like sometimes some of these women come on and they might have a strong first season or they might not. And sometimes they come alive in their second and sometimes they don't. And at that point, it's time. It's you got to kind of cut them loose. There's so many other. Well, I also like when women sorry, on the show. Sorry to mean to interrupt you. No, do it. No, I was going to say like I like she's fine. She doesn't add a ton to me. And I also don't mind her. But I also like when they like when they are willing to just like let it be. Like I love I love that Shamia shows up at events and is like a oh, friend is like an unofficial friend of because she's mm-hmm. really friends with these people. And something like when Lisa Wu shows up, I'm always like, mm-hmm. Oh, I love this because it feels I think as Andy Cohen and whoever else created Housewives like wanted to feel, which is a soap opera. Like when you see Camille or Adrian at an event I don't think that they're getting a lot of money, if any, when they show up to certain things. But it's just like this, like comfort. And I like if Eva is like needs to maybe take a break next season. Feel free to let her come to events and prove herself. Like if she's got 
drama and wants to be back on full time, I'm sure she'll bring the gossip. But like, it seems kind of like she just seems there's too many people in Atlanta and I don't think they need her. I also I feel kind of bad saying this, but fuck it. Um, I think that Michael Sterling is more interesting than Eva is. When I see Michael Sterling speak like he did at Mark Daly's nightmare of um, a fundraising dinner, Michael Sterling is so thoughtful and emotionally available and seemingly just like so responsible. Like if if we want to call him a politician, it's like if only all politicians seem to interact like he did he just seems like such a great guy and I think of Michael Sterling and I'm like oh he's so great and then I think of Eva I'm like I don't even know what I feel like I understand her husband more than I get her I feel like her husband is more connected to himself than she is and you know the only way to get to him is to go through her and God bless and I think that his remarks at that dinner or whatever the fuck you want to call it were so impactful that honestly when he was talking and he was talking about his experiences and his adoption process and everything else I was like truly moved and so that's great I mean (laughs) I thought it was interesting I don't know what else to say well I also think you know what's interesting about that is like I thought that Eva's relationship with her mother last season when she was getting married and her mom sort of had some Oh, I don't remember. Her mom was like not super nice and Eva started to cry during a dinner where they went where her mom was like really dismissive of Eva's like want for the wedding and Eva like this is my wedding and there was like a breakdown and then she like walked off and the camera like followed her to the bathroom and then she like came back and she had to like tell her mom like I need you to be on my side because this is my wedding Mm -hmm. and I feel like there are things that are maybe interesting about Eva like her relationship with her mother or her finances but I think that there's a level of like mystery like I don't think she's willing to go there and show all that stuff and I think like that is where a housewife suffers or Mm -hmm. the show suffers when people are like this is off limits as Vicky said you don't need to show it all well sometimes you do because not everyone can depend on their fabulous money right or they're like really good one-liners like sometimes Mm -hmm. you need to like I think that Candy as she said in her rebuttal video to Nini you can say I'm boring fans can say I'm boring you can say why does Candy get a spinoff but not only am I pitching these things but also I have people in my life who if you think I'm boring there are like seven people in my life who are willing to be on camera who are dynamic people who are willing to show things whether it's my husband or my mom or my aunt or my daughter or Don Juan or Candace like she has or Carmen the best Carmen 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 I think but like there's all of these other people in my life that are like an ensemble as well who are willing to go there and like I get I understand like why Greg Leak's older kids might not want to be on a reality show about Nini being like the perfect mom because it might shade Nini in a way that we that she doesn't want us to see because we don't know what the relationship is with with Greg and his older kids who are not Nini's children you know sidebar so Wendy Williams said that whole shit about Nini quitting the show because Nini texted her and and the and um Wendy wanted to be shady but then Wendy followed it up by being like guys there's a big secret and you're gonna find out and you're gonna feel so bad about her then Nini hires Harvey Weinstein's former attorney Lisa Bloom uh child of Gloria Allrad and she does that in a really shady public way by posting it on Instagram. So now we know there's some big secret that Wendy Williams is talking about and Nini's hired an attorney to protect her. So what the fuck is going on? Are we ever going to know that? Nini was doing press where she said that Greg was having some sort of like 
pen pal relationship with one of her employees at like her Baltimore store. Did you read about this? Yeah, it was in page six. I think I posted about it on Instagram, but I and it was like a very long article that was nine times longer than it ever, ever needed to be. And I found myself kind of confused by all of it because I just truly didn't care. And I then mean, people like, were saying that Nini and Greg basically have like an open relationship slash understanding and that like she has a side person in Maryland, like a side dude who she like dates when she's there because yeah. she has a store there and that Greg is like has another person too, which is like also I don't care. I actually think that's interesting if you are have an open relationship, but because you have a family and you like love each other, but like the whatever has changed, talk about it. On camera, and maybe she's going to. I kind of don't believe she will, but maybe. Well, she kind of talks around it on last week's after show. And P.S. guys, if you're not watching the after show on YouTube, you're super missing out because Atlanta, especially the after shows are very, very strong and they're pretty long. And I'm a big fan of length. And um, <laughs> even if it's. <laughs> this episode will be three hours long. <laughs> The girth of last week's after show was fantastic. But so the interviewer asks Nini, like, what the fuck is going on with you guys and Greg? And Nini quasi answers it, quasi avoids it. And the interviewer is like, are you in love with him? And she says, I love him. And she, and is like, would you ever get divorced? And Marlo tries to sort of cut in and help her. And, and the interviewer senses that and continues asking Nini the questions, which was great. And Nini's response was essentially like, listen, we're family. Like, no matter what, we're family. And P.S., I'm always going to be married to him because he has health issues and wouldn't be covered under Hello um, United States of America. He wouldn't be covered under my excellent health insurance if we got divorced. And I love him and care about him. And so we will always be family. But what she's not saying is, like, he is my husband because I want to be his partner romantically and otherwise. And I get that when you're 23 years in or whatever, that's, you know, the idea of that. Sure, the mechanics of it are something else. Um, But it seems to be that she's sort of being open to the fact that like they have an arrangement like it's maybe he's living in the basement like he did when he told a radio host that you know she owed him 200k or whatever I don't I don't think it's that bad but I think that they are sort of partners like he comes off a little bit as her husband slash executive assistant and if he's comfortable with that and she's comfortable with that and they you know like marriage is defined by whatever you want it to be defined by as long as hopefully both participants are on the same page. And it appears that not only are they on the same page, but Nini is now ever so gently and slightly more comfortable to discuss the fact that it's not like hot sex. Like they've, they've ventured and journeyed into a new kind of relationship you know where they will be in each other's lives and may technically be married but it does not appear that they are the kind of married couple or are in the kind of marriage that we saw even when they got remarried you know like there is something else going on and maybe if he was stepping out or was emotionally unavailable which we've seen on other franchises I'm thinking specifically about married to medicine um with Dr. Simone and Cecil you know he this was a a, a real, do you watch married to medicine I don't think you do I don't it, it's okay you're gonna let you need to somehow find the time right now <laughs> to watch it you would fucking die you would love it 
Um, but that was an example of a couple who was on the brink of breaking up. They came to the whatever season reunion and said, we just essentially have to sign the papers, but it's done because among other problems, he was having an emotional relationship with this other woman. And I wonder if those page six articles were referencing this other relationship. And while Nini might be upset about that, it does also seem like they need to find romance somewhere because they're not getting it with each other. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, it's super fascinating and interesting, and I wonder what their relationship will continue to look like and if we'll ever find out what like what that secret is. I think that's incredibly... I would be really fucking pissed if we never find out. I heard that Ray got someone pregnant in the right. last year while he was also sick, which was also like part of why she was struggling so much as this caretaker was because she also knew that he had sort of betrayed her. And that would explain a lot of her visceral anger, which you can get with like, you know, care. Oh my God. I forgot the name of it. Um, caregiver. Olive, caregiver. Like I forget the name of it. Um, when you're like overwhelmed as a caregiver and that could explain some of it, but it did also seem like there was something else that was obviously going on that we weren't um, uh, being told about what do you think about um marlo and the fact that she brought a glam team to greece how does marlo afford that when other women are not doing that in atlanta i i think she has arrangements with older wealthy men who want to take care of her and she's happy to accept that kind of care and i think that's how she got you know the the townhouse that she calls quote unquote the hamptons like i think that's how she pays for this stuff and I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with that I I just I wish that we could I, w- I don't know be that kept the show in the loop knows, a little bit more I don't think this show knows how to use Marlo as a housewife because of that because they don't know how to explain like what her job is or her life and I think that like she is trying I don't think that she like hoped that her sister would be unable to take care of her children. But I think that there was a part of her that was like, yeah, I'll bring my nephews on the show because like I'm helping out in a big way. And it shows me as a different person than I've Mm -hmm. been shown as. I think that the show, even though the producers might want to make her a housewife, I think that they struggle with how to because she's such a different thing because she's not like a person who has a man or fiance or like uh, this other career as like she was a real estate broker who is like friends with Nini. It's like she sort of always has been like this nebulous like what are her what are her romantic relationships and what right. are her, what's her financial situation anyway. And, al- and also her criminal past. They've never really been able to all the mug shots like they've never really been able to True. share that I think because they have a lot of concern that that either I don't know that it's they think that behavior still exists within Marlo but that they just feel like the escapism of it all even though that kind of escapism has changed so so much in the past several years and with all of these new franchises I think that they feel like that is a harm to at least the Atlanta franchise no I think they think it's a harm to the brand too like what kind of like you know like but then I think that they also shoot themselves in the foot constantly with behavior from other people and other shows who are violent or uh, dubious or whatever. I mean, at the end of the day, what's worse, like Marlo being arrested a million times or what Phaedra did? You know, what Phaedra did was using the franchise to make harm on a cast member. What Marlo did was what Marlo did, which I'm sure she, you know, 
paid for in whatever way, and it didn't actually feature a cast member. So well, you know, right, she should but get I think credit that for there's that. The the network cut ties with Phaedra, and they're able to say like, well, this was this woman. Yeah, who, who changed. Who retaliated against a cast member, changed, and we no longer do business with her. Where mm-hmm. it's Marlo, it's like, this is a scammer who's been arrested for this, and do we want to do business with this person and make them be a, an official spokesperson for our network? So can I ask you a question um, to slightly pivot but stay on the same conversation topic situation, White Wine? Yeah. Um, do you think that the production knew about Beverly Merrill? Is that... Danielle's real name cop without a badge before they started filming obviously the book became a huge part of season one but do you think they actually knew about that aspect of her life when they um, hired her to be a housewife it's so hard to know because that was so long ago and I feel like these like reality television has changed and like yeah I think like as we see now like on pump rules and what was the other show that just had a bad press? Like a new cast members, old stuff came up. Oh, Drag Race. Like, oh when, yeah, yeah. Um, that like Cherry Hill or whatever, Cherry Pie, Cherry yeah. Hill Pie, Cherry yeah. Pie. But Cherry Pie and the two guys from Vanderpump Rules. It's like they clearly are still not doing super thorough uh, background, background checks. checks. So it wouldn't surprise me. I, I my bet would be that they didn't know that about Danielle. And then they probably were excited because they thought it would provide plot and that will phase her out if we need to, which they did. Um, You mentioned the Beverly Hills trailer. I, I loved your Patreon episode about it. What do you, I'm excited. I know that you seem a little more, you just rubbed your eyeballs. Like you're so exhausted. I can't stop. I know we're supposed to not touch our face. I touch my face every second of the day. I'm doing everything else I possibly can not to get Corona. God bless. But like, I can't stop touching my face. Well, I think you're an okay. I think now that we're quarantined, it's a little better because you're not going in and out of the house touching things. So you're just touching your own. I feel bad about it. You feel like you're touching your own germs. I should give myself a dollar on Venmo every time I touch my face. What can at least make some money off of this um continue sorry what were you saying about beverly hills i was just saying like how do you feel do you have any additional thoughts that were not shared in your patreon episode like are you into this season i'm excited by it i'm excited about garcelle i want her to be good and i'm hopeful um i don't know that she's gonna be like on lisa rinna game but i'm hoping that she's gonna be at least fun like Erica Jane season one or like Dorit season one or you think she's going like, to be like Erica Jane's that's giving Garcelle a lot I mean I know this whole yeah that's giving well, Garcelle a lot of credit I was into her in the trailer I thought they were trying to position her as a new cool girl who was sort of like that's some white people bullshit and then her like having a fabulous photo shoot on a rooftop I mean I had no idea that Erica Jane was going to be what she was until the season started so like I have no reason to think that Garcelle can't be or won't be uh, well, I guess my non-answer is to read a satchel of gold from Philip in Scotland, who sent me a satchel about the Beverly Hills trailer. And Philip from Scotland says, listening to your Patreon Beverly Hills reaction, agree 100% that the Denise drama looks super juicy, but fully expect it to not start until episode 11. So we will have to endure 10 of them being quote unquote fun. I also worry the drama is very produced, pushed. We already know all the details. And when Tom cheated on Lou, we knew nothing until it aired. It wasn't even in trailers because the new footage and drama spoke for itself. AKA, is there a problem 
in the sense that we already know a lot of what is supposed to happen. And it looks like, according to the trailer itself and the fact that we know that they did a lot of um, pickups with filming and delayed the trailer in the season, is it an issue that we already know about the Denise and Brandy no. rumors and that we know that um, Denise herself tries to like sort of walk off the show? No, I think it's no different than knowing that Kenya and Mark separated or that Michael Darby touched a uh, cameraman or that uh, Luann was arrested for a DUI. It's like, you know what a headline on TMZ or like people's like reality TV blog says, but like, you don't know anything like the The fact that Brandy was in the trailer for like 30 seconds means that this all has to come from other places in the friend group before Brandy probably makes an appearance to like say her piece. So it means that Kyle or Lisa Rinna is coming to the group with information from a uh, theoretically from Brandy. So like, I don't know. I'm excited to see how that all plays and how it, like I feel hopeful because um, I like Beverly Hills generally as a franchise. And I, yeah, I feel hopeful that it will be interesting and funny. It's interesting that we talked about friends of and how they really support the primary housewives on Atlanta and how it's like their own little perfect symphony. Like it really works together. And then I look at Beverly Hills and I'm like, wow, they really just put all of the responsibility and the, and the accountability on women who are either friends of or not even that like a cameo plus. Tat- like, totally. Like it's with Camille, me, like with Brandy, it's, it shows that there is an illness there that production is not fully able to diagnose and or treat with like the fact that the shitsters aren't even primary housewives. I think that Bravo gives a lot of excuse me. I think Bravo gives a lot of preferential treatment to certain housewives as we've talked about with like Bethany or Candy or Lisa Vanderpump. Mm -hmm. But I think that in Beverly Hills it's interesting because like it seems like Kyle has a lot of power there and then Mm -hmm. by proxy does Teddy but that like not power but like she's sort of safe and then it's like but I think Erica Jane has power in that I think the network thinks she's a fan favorite and she can't go anywhere but to me I feel like I'd rather her get like demoted or not come back only to bring her back when she's willing to do play the game again but like it's not fun to watch people who think they're above the drama who two years ago were willing to go there it's like that's no it's no longer fun when people aren't willing to play the game like Teddy never was really willing to play the game and that was fun for a season for me because it was a different POV but now now it's boring because now you've decided to, to, to stay in this world so you need to evolve and grow in it and it's like it's not fun to watch you and Kyle get drunk and you talk about how you want to eat nachos when you're drunk like that's not enough of a character. So I yeah I feel bad for Grant for Camille and Brandy and I guess Adrian and Faye Resnick and Kim who all are showing up in the trip and Eileen God I love Eileen like all mm. of them showing up for thirty seconds it's like it's not up to any of them the fact that they had to use Adrian Maloof saying this is Beverly Hills in the fucking trailer does not speak well actually because um does not bode well for the season maybe because it's like they have nothing they have nobody who's in the main cast of the eight women saying something better than Adrian Malouf, who's not probably even getting paid for her one appearance. Yeah, I think, you know, you're making 
valid points that I can appreciate about the fact that, listen, these women are and have now become celebrities in this world, Bravo celebrity, but also something else. And so it would make sense that when actual drama comes to fruition or something that's super gossipy, you know, spreads, um, that the blogs are going to pick up on it. And it's okay to not necessarily be surprised by that, especially because you're not going to see the actual filmed reactions until the season airs. However, it does to me appear like 90% of the franchise until this Brandy Denise stuff is going to be what Brian Moylan, friend of the show, calls rich people doing things. And while he enjoys that, I do not. I love rich people doing things with something else there. And it doesn't feel like there's any other tension. And what these women have proven is that they are more interested in protecting these each other and forming an alliance than they are revealing vulnerabilities and real life goings on in real time. And it annoys me, especially on Beverly Hills for two reasons. One, I'm rewatching season three. I started with the Adrian surrogacy stuff when Brandy reveals that because I just wanted to like deep dive into actual drama and gossip. And it is so fucking good that I highly encourage that people rewatch Hulu Plus, everything and more. Um, But then I look at this upcoming season and I look at last season's horror show and I think about the fact that when they were filming in Bahamar, a woman went up to Dorit and said, your husband owes my friend money or whatever the fuck. And it went viral. And yet it was never truly covered on the show. And I think about Mauricio's lawsuit. I think about Tom D'Agostino, not Tom D'Agostino. I think about um, Erica Jane's Tom Girardi's lawsuit. I think about what Dorit is going through with PK. And it pisses me off that we are weighing all of the drama against Denise, who's on an island by herself, and Brandy, who has a vested interest in becoming a part of the plot and yet that there are these very real things that are happening that these women care a lot about covering up and yet it feels to me like what we are going to get is if someone references it they're just going to do so that they can check that off the list and they're not going to go any further why do you think it is that the cast like you know Camille did bring up Dorit's money situation and then got bullied into apologizing and being like oh it was so bad and then everybody else being like god that was so bad and Camille being like I'm so sorry I can't believe I did that when in fact Camille was doing the job that these other women should have been doing right and like Camille didn't have a good showing at the reunion because again we talked about this in part part version first first version of recording this (laughs) but like Camille showed up to that reunion the secret tapes Camille showed up to that reunion to do her job, which was to be held accountable for her behavior and to get to say her piece. She didn't want to be there. She got out there. Those women all reamed her out. And then she cried and she walked off and they were like, what a fucking, you know, terrorist, basically. And I don't think that they're comparable people, but I feel like similarly, like Danielle did the most despicable thing on Houses of New Jersey got pulled out there, they didn't let her talk, and then she got pulled away, and then Teresa was not held accountable. So it's like, I'm sort of mad at this idea. Like, at least Atlanta doesn't do that. You know what I mean? Like, Tanya and Marlo are doing a lot, but they're not in the hot seat. Like, they're not because in the hot Because there's more stuff going on. There's other, there are B and C and D plots. And that's what's, like, so irritating. It's like, I, I never thought about the connection between Danielle and Camille, but it is similar in that they both came out of the reunion. People talked over them the entire time. 
Danielle became super defensive and then pretended like she was quitting a job that she's had for however long. Has and, not had for however long, yeah. And um and, and Camille started to cry and felt attacked and the women basically were like, thank, ridden, thank God she's gone, like good riddance, kumbaya. And they like held mm-hmm. hands at the end and Andy was like, well, and it's like, Andy knows what's happening. They mm-hmm. made Camille come to that reunion. They also mm-hmm. made her come back this season to film, even though they didn't offer her a full-time position because mm-hmm. I just like, I don't know, like who, why isn't Lisa Rinna... Like, why didn't mm-hmm. Lisa Rinna and Denise pair up together and take down Dorit or Teddy? That would have been, the to me, that would have been the correct thing was to say, if I was Lisa Rinna, it was to look at my, you know, quote unquote, friend of X amount of years. It's probably, I'll pretend. They probably did, like, both were on Melrose Place in the same mm-hmm. season, not mm-hmm. interacting at all. But, like, mm-hmm. this is my fake friend. We're both coming back. I can't believe Teddy is coming back. Well, this time, let's the two of us team up and bring her down. And if we can get Erica or... Garcelle to come on our side to take her down great but if not at least we have each other's back it's so strange to me that we're going to do the same exact thing theoretically based on seeing nothing that we're going to do the same thing which is all women against one person which is like fun for like three episodes but then becomes exhausting because if you're me then you start to like have empathy for the person who's on the outs regardless of whether you think that they are like wrong or not you know it's like it's not fun to just watch one person get knocked down over and over again because we all are multifaceted and like as you said all of these women have real life drama that's happening in other ways and it doesn't even have to be drama but like other things happening in your life and also we can also hold each other accountable and get over things but I'm sure that Kyle and Teddy have had disagreements they can talk about it on the show they literally can just like get into a fight and get over it after six episodes but we still need to see other people have conflict. It can't be six people guess against one. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but I do kind of understand what you're saying in the context of comparing Camille and Danielle with one enormous caveat, which is that on New Jersey, I didn't think Danielle and I still stand behind this needed to come back because there was so much other drama that was going on. And I say that appreciating that we would not have had as spectacular a finale as we would have without Danielle coming back to Barry Tree. But at least on Jersey, there is genuine conflict that exists that Absolutely. doesn't feel Absolutely. false and doesn't feel produced. And the Danielle stuff felt like a produced element that Tree was using to her advantage as needed and then let go when she was done. Yeah. On Beverly Hills, you don't have that. That doesn't exist. There is no other conflict. The only conflict was Camille stuff with everybody. And now they're transitioning that into um, this stuff with Brandy. And what's that whole thing with like, um, you know, when you like start to work at a firm or whatever, like the last one hired is the first one out. It feels like that is what these women have decided to do, where since Denise was the last one brought in, she was the one that this already existing alliance has decided to disband with because they don't have the kind of agreement with her that they have with each other. And that is very problematic for me because I feel like in the worst case scenario, we're going to start this upcoming season with the second half of last season, which is where these women sit there, they do nothing, they smile, nothing happens, and we wait for Brandy to show up. That is really not great to me. Yeah, I mean, I guess TBD to see if anybody, like they did, 
the trailer did a good job of alluding that Garcelle was shading all the women in an acceptance speech. I'm sure that that's not true. And that also Sutton, I'm sure that that's not true. And then yeah. Sutton, and Sutton has some sort of beef with Teddy, which I am into. I'm into someone showing up and being like, Teddy, you're boring. Why are you here? That's amazing to me. I just don't know if that's like totally taken out of context to be something bigger than it is, you know? Yeah, I not to be a super Debbie Downer about this, but why not? It's a shoe that fits. I feel like the um, Sutton moment feels like it's going to be overblown or at least extremely exacerbated by these women who are looking for something to talk about that doesn't actually involve sacrificing themselves or each other. P.S. Poor Sweet Sutton, who was announced as a full-time cast member, and sometimes this happens where you hear about someone joining the cast and we think she's going to be full-time, but it seems like Sutton herself assumed she would be full-time, and then because of some mishigas happening with her ex-husband, she's now downsized to a friend of, which from what she's saying on social, she appears to be, I don't know, a Tanya plus, like someone who's friendly and personable, who also has the benefit of having, I think, a lot of money and wants to play the game, but for whatever reason, isn't being allowed to, at least not fully this season, which is unfortunate. What can you say? Pray for Sutton. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can we finish up the New York taglines, which is something we started but did not complete? Oh, what a good way to bookend the episode. Us not Um, finishing a thought. (laughs) for the first time ever tinsley mortimer's upcoming tagline life isn't a fairy tale but i'm hoping mine's the exception terrible one of the worst truly and you there's something that you could have said there but this is life isn't a fairy tale say something else like life isn't a fairy tale continue that thought but I'm hoping mine's an exception could literally be used for absolutely anything, anywhere, at any time. What like, if it was like, I was looking for my happy ever after. Who knew I was the step ugly stepsister? I was looking for my happy ever after, but I guess I'll just settle for a happy ending. Like, there's a way to, she's, she would never say that, but like, there's a way to like, there's a way to be shady or funny, but this doesn't, it's like you started with a concept and then you just chopped it off at the knees. Like that mirror, doesn't- mirror on the wall. Who's the last single girl of them all? Not me because I'm engaged to the Kufa Gavin. She's doing all of these um like stay at home quarantine humble brags where she's showing the video of Scott sprawling. Is Chicago she also, penthouse. does she quit in the middle of the season? She says she doesn't. So that means she definitely does. <laughs> Um, Stay tuned. And then finally, new full-time housewife, Leah McSweeney. I may float like a butterfly, but I sting like a bitch. Somebody on Twitter was like, yes, mama. Yes, mama. Best tagline of a new housewife ever. And I was like, am I in a different world? Like, it's it's maybe one of the better ones of this terrible bunch. Which is, again, a very low bar. Like, yes. that's I agree with you. I read it and I was like, okay. And then I went online and every single gay was like, oh, my God, Quinn. Yes, you call yourself a bitch. Butterflies unite, Mariah. And I'm like, no, I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not to be a complete hag downer, but like, my God, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. But I do see her being a great compliment. But again, I don't I don't know how I feel about New York I'm just I'm really she seems a little wild which is interesting like there's nobody I I thought that they would cast somebody who was a little more grounded to be like the counter to everybody's wild I think she's going to be what Dorinda thinks she is yeah maybe 
where it's like you're funny, you're sassy, you're quippy, but you don't necessarily have that dark side. And I think Dorinda doesn't engage or agree with the fact that she goes through a lot of complications in life, even though sidebar allegedly that's what the season is about in many ways. And I think that Leah probably represents the idea that many of these women have of who they are, even though they're probably not deserving of thinking of themselves in that way. Not just youth. And Leah, P.S., I don't think brings with her a lot of wealth of any kind, but just the idea of being fun and bright and quippy and swearing and cool and whatever else. I think these women still think and still see themselves in that way. And P.S., that's probably why Ramona is so fascinating to so many people because she is the cool mom, K-E-W-L. Um, and maybe Leah will represent that. I don't know. I see some sort of comparison and thread to that. I don't know if it entirely works. And I don't between know if there's... Ramona and Leah, maybe? Between Leah and... I think between Leah and Ramona, Sonia possibly Dorinda and maybe even Luann like Leah might be a better thread for these women than Tinsley aside from Tinsley having like the Mercer slash Mortimer name behind her if that Mm -hmm. makes any sense like Leah seems to be this kind of like New York woman who a lot of these women may think that they are in personality, if not zip code. Like these are women who at one point were like all about the upper E and Leah seems to be more like cool rocker girl downtown. And there are elements of that kind of personality that I think that, you know, whether they're going to sushi rocks and breaking wine glasses or whatever else, these women still think they are perpetually a young lady in her early forties. And obviously that's no longer the case. And I wonder how much of a clash, if any, there will be when they come into contact with someone who is potentially more grounded than Tinsley, which, I mean, that's not a super Don't you think that the lift. network wanted Tinsley because they wanted her mom and then they thought that Tinsley was a person who was infamous, who wanted to be famous and on television and they got like it's a two for one sort of thing? I don't think they looked at Tinsley because of her mom. I think her mom was a happy bonus that came out maybe through auditioning or whatever else. I think they looked at Tinsley because Tinsley was truly the first kind of celebrity socialite. And she was a great catch. And P.S., you know, she was a celebrity socialite who sort of crashed and burned and in Palm Beach. And now, you know, regardless of whether or not she actually lived in New York, which is questionable, um, she was a woman who had a true celebrity name. Where it was the combination of like being a Mercer, which nobody really cares about, being a Mortimer, which many people do, even though she's a former, and, you know, being the woman with the golden curls who Dior named a lip gloss and possibly a nail polish after her. I mean, she brought a lot of cachet, which in New York specifically would carry weight. Mm-hmm. And she was the kind of princess, which, you know, Bethany is like a YSL um come de Gar- not come de garçon that's too cool for her like actually cool but like ysl kind of like black leather whatever and tinsley represents an opposite version of that like the tool and the sparkle and the curled hair and the i Eyelashes. can't show up in uh public without a full face unless my dog has died and then you know whatever happens is just i don't know what it- um but i think that 
for Bravo, she was a big catch. And I think that she was great. And I assume that, you know, we're going to see the last of her this season. It seems like she's really made a choice. I mean, the fact that her proposal with Scott wasn't covered by any camera, but her mother's iPhone is a real loss to us. Um, and something that we really could have used, especially if the reason that she's leaving the show is because she's making that sacrifice to marry this guy who doesn't totally love it. I mean, that's unfortunate, but life is a series of misfortunes and we're just hoping to see as many of them on camera as we possibly can. Speaking of misfortunes, can we talk about the fact that Claudia Jordan auditioned to be on The Real Hospice of Dallas? Can you please tell me about this? Because I do not understand it. You texted me about it and I'm so confused. So I had been following some sort of like blog where they were talking about Claudia Jordan. I don't know what it was a post about, but it was something about Housewives of Dallas. And Claudia commented on Instagram being like, Ken, like Dallas is a city where there are a lot of women of color who are wealthy and a part of the social scene who you should be considering for your show. Um, yada, yada, yada. And Carrie, Carrie with a K responded and was like, Claudia, I can't believe you would be hateful like this. I was so excited when I heard that you had audition. I was really hoping you were going to be on the show. Um, but do you think that like, Latin women don't like Latin women don't count to add spice or diversity to the series and uh what else oh and like and and don't you think this should apply to other cities then does Atlanta have representation of Latin women and then Claudia was like okay listen Carrie I wasn't even talking about my own experience she was like yes I had one Skype interview about joining the cast and that's as far as it went and this has was nothing about me and my own personal investment in the franchise. Um, it was more just about like that Dallas has like a burgeon, like a scene of women of like black women that are wealthy and that should be like considered to make the show represent like what the city actually represents. Yada, 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 yada. And I had just was very surprised. I liked Claudia a lot on Atlanta and I felt like she got an unfair shake because of Nini at the time. I a thousand percent agree with you. I don't see a world in which she exists on Dallas, but I think that's has nothing to do with her talent and power and everything to do with Dallas itself is in shambles. And I don't know how any of them are going to work. So I would love to see Claudia on essentially any franchise. I think she's really funny aside from, I don't see her working out on Beverly Hills, but she could even fucking work on orange County. I just don't see, I don't know that she could work on Jersey, but I could see her in New York. I could see her in Atlanta. I could see her in orange County. Um, and Dallas, I just don't see anybody on. So if she didn't work out, it's probably to her benefit. And Carrie with a K can go fuck herself. I don't care. When are we going to see a housewife from one franchise join another franchise? It's about bound to happen at this point. I could see Cynthia being a friend of on Beverly Hills and them sort of trying it out. If it is true that when she gets married to Mike Hill, they chill in L.A. Um, Kelly Dodd. Let's see what happens with. um, I just forgot his name. Um, Rick. Oh, my God. Why did I just. I've had so much wine. Yeah, Rick is his name. Um, Because she's hoping that he gets transferred to California but Fox may decide to keep him east coast and she's made some comments relating to moving Jolie across the country that I don't think Michael Dodd will be terribly interested in agreeing to so 
you know, if that happened, I could see her moving to New York. But obviously, she's incredibly important Can you to keep on Orange Kelly County. Dodd on Real Housewives of New York. I mean, I can, but I think it would be a mess. I it think it would be a totally different show. I don't even know how those women would deal with that. I mean, she is good friends with Ramona, I suppose, and but, Dorinda, but not but also as like good. it's it's different when you're friendly with somebody in real life opposed to f- mm-hmm. with friends with them when you're on camera because Ramona might feel threatened by Kelly's like behavior on camera or embarrassed of it, and that therefore, I just it, I think it's a totally different show. Suddenly, Kelly is specific. Wild. She is specific. Are we going to see? So, okay. Um, Lala and Rand's wedding has been postponed. I assume that Stassi and Bo are going to have to choose another location instead of Italy. So Cynthia and Kelly, I believe, were due to get married on the same day. I forget it was if it was in October or November. Are we going to see either of those weddings? I don't know if they're going to exist because social distancing being what it is, if people are allowed to be outside in early fall, I doubt that I don't know how that will work for larger scale gatherings. I, Kelly's wedding is one that I want to see. I I think Cynthia's is lovely and I wish her the best, you know, gifts in the mail and it's a smile for me. But I think it's I, so hard to predict like what anything looks like. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be unfortunate. I want to see um, Kelly and Rick separately melt down and then come back together. Um, and say I do. That's going to be a shit show of a wedding. Can you imagine? Oh my God. And like, I don't even want to get into it, but can you imagine the guest list? It's going to be a shit show. It's going to be a huge shit show. Sarah, did you watch Housewives? I mean, did you watch um, Basketball Wives? You were supposed to do that as homework. Did you? You told me that you were going to share, you paid for the season for me to watch it, but I don't think I have it. Oh my gosh. I know. Folks, we're going to do a Patreon episode where Sarah watches season seven of Basketball Wives. Can we do a Patreon episode right now where we yell about Danielle Staub? Because we only referenced her and I have some incredible satchels I want to get your thoughts on. Sure. Love. So, guys, um, speaking of Patreon, as I have mentioned, maybe during this episode, but once again, hashtag wine. Um, I am an event producer and who knows if I will ever have a career path. Uh, again ever and um, listen enjoy all of your career benefits because I get exactly zero for being <laughs> an independent contractor um, so all this to say I love all of your love and support for Andy's Girls and the single best way to keep Andy's Girls on track um, BCC my um, grocery store bill from Fresh Direct is to join Patreon it is my birthday wish with my birthday my blessed birthday 1030 a.m. March 20th 27th 1998 is that you guys join patreon it starts at two dollars a month it is the single single best way to support andy's girls you get tons of extra bonus content damien and i are about to yell at each other about damien uh about damien's job i think he would be totally fine with that name about danielle stob and i really really appreciate it so if you haven't joined patreon already you get bonus episodes, bonus content, and knowing that you you yourself are making the difference for Andy's Girls, my defunct checking savings. So on behalf of Patreon, um, 
in parentheses, patreon.com and slash Andy's girls, which I will also include in the show notes for this episode. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate that. Speaking of appreciation, I hope you guys are all staying indoors, washing your hands every 30 seconds, every two minutes of listening to this episode. Please wash your hands for 20 seconds. Do not forget your thumbs and wrists and then watch Ramona Singer's washing my hands in uh, Instagram video, which is frankly something to treasure. Um, Guys, I hope you are staying healthy and safe. Damien Bellino, tell the folks how to listen to episodes of your amazing podcast you might know her from. Um, you can find it on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts uh, at You Might Know Her From. Or you can follow me on social media at Damien Bellino and you can find all the links there. And guys, I do all of my um, satchel collections uh, mostly via Instagram and Twitter. Some of you guys get in touch um, through my website, sarahgalley.com. I always love that. But really, I do polls, um, question and answers, um, uh, Insta stories. Um, Maybe I'll do some live Instagram, which I haven't done before. Ooh, yay. Uh, All of that you can find at Twitter at Sarah Galley, Instagram at Dame Galley. Um, my God, birthday coming up this week, Damien Bellino, but you are one of my greatest gifts. Look at what I just did there. OMG. <laughs> Can I? <laughs> that was quite a laugh of appreciation. <laughs> that, that's what I call a groan. So I'm going to get another glass of wine. I feel hot and bothered, but I think that's the white from Paris. I don't even know what the fuck this is, but I know I definitely need more of it. And then we were going to discuss um, all things Danielle Staub. Guys, I love you. I hope that you are... Uh, thinking about things that make you happy and bring you joy try to do that at least once a day if you haven't called your family or friends yet to check in please do so i highly encourage it and um i highly encourage damian bellino coming back every other day i hope this worked out i hope the audio is okay i'm this is a whole new world for andy's girls as we enter this whole new world of existence um but damian you are as always Thanks for having me. Okay, guys. We'll talk to you again soon. Uh, Bye-bye. Okay. Um, I should stop, yeah? Yeah, let's stop.